There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. You are joining us today for our interview with Nathan Cleary. Very, very excited about this one. Obviously the Premiership winning captain and the Clive Churchill medalist only six or eight weeks ago for the Penrith Panthers. At such a young age, it's scary to think how much football Nathan Cleary has in front of him. He's already achieved so much and been through so much adversity. It honestly is petrifying to think about where this guy could go in his career. I've posted a couple of times over the offseason, which I know people get a little bit upset about, comparing where he's at in his career compared to where the all-time greats were at the same point in their career. And there is no denying that this guy, he could finish right up there with the very best of them. He's in a fantastic system. He's got a great relationship with his coach, probably better than anyone ever has before. Honestly, the sky is the limit for Nathan Cleary. And for me, as a football fan and a podcaster, to have this opportunity to sit down with Nathan, talk to him, it's a bit of a pinch yourself sort of moment for myself. Because I think in 10, 15, 20 years' time, we're going to look back at Nathan Cleary and think he is one of the best players we've ever seen. I think he could definitely compete up there as one of the best halfbacks we've ever seen. I think he's got a lot more premierships in him. I think he's got a lot more awards to win. There is so much more to come in the Nathan Cleary story. I honestly, I just feel like we're just scratching the surface at the moment. Without further ado, though, I will hand you over now to Nathan. Keep in mind, tomorrow at 5.30, we will have his dream team coming where he names his best 1-13 to of all time. It is an outstanding team with a couple of interesting selections. Makes me think he might have listened to the Guru podcast before some of the picks he went for. But today we've got our interview, 5.30 tomorrow. You can listen to Nathan Cleary's Dream Team. Cleary is right at the ruck. They come right side. Here it is with Cleary. Kicks for himself. Kicks for himself. And scores. Nathan Cleary. Not even excuse a little TikTok dance after that try. That is sensational. G'day guys, welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast. As you all know, I pride myself on being uh, the most talented Nathan on the podcast football-wise. Today I've dropped a third behind second daylight and first. Our guest, uh, Clive Churchill medalist Nathan Cleary. Welcome on, mate. How are we? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me. 
Mate, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, looked like a pretty decent weekend. Uh, Penrith Panthers obviously won the premiership in COVID, so coming back to uh, Penrith on the weekend, it looked like a sensational time. Yeah, it was a great weekend. Um, obviously, you know, being able to win the comp was something we've all dreamt of uh, growing up, and it was an unbelievable experience. But probably the one sad thing about it was we couldn't do it with um, our fans, our community down here. So we got to celebrate on the, that on the weekend. It was a great turnout. Um, they're all great fans, and... Yeah, just to be able to share that with them. Uh, it was pretty special and, yeah, it was a great weekend. Mate, I'm sure low-key there'd be some uh, some pretty high-up suits in the club that might have been stoked. You were stuck, you're stuck in Queensland just quietly. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, take me back a few weeks ago. Uh, grand final night. We'll, we'll start from there and we'll work backwards. Uh, whenever I talk to halfbacks in particular, I find that when that siren goes at the end of the game, it's more of a relief than a, a jubilation sort of thing because you're under so much pressure. Explain to me, you know, when, when that siren went, what, what what was the emotions that you felt? Oh, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard to put into words, I think. Um, you're definitely right about the relief thing. Um, you know, it's probably not something you think about too much, but, um, yeah, it was, it was definitely um, a relief, especially after the way last year went. Uh, we obviously fell one short and probably left our worst game of the year for um, the grand final and, yeah, there is a lot of pressure, especially around the halfback. So um, when you finally get it done, it's just like, uh, yeah, wow, it's actually happened. But obviously a lot of jubilation as well. Just facing your teammates, um, being able to celebrate it with them was, um, yeah, it's something I'll never forget. And obviously there was a few tears shed. It's a very emotional moment because, you know, you, you know how hard you work for it and how much you've wanted it, uh, especially for me since I was a little kid. And um, I guess sharing that with dad too made it a little bit more special. And, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing. I was going to be my next question. Uh, I remember the day after the grand final, I sat down with Finchie and Kempi and we just sat there and thought, how unbelievable is it that all of this lines up to when father and son win the premiership and he hands you a Clive Churchill? I mean, as far as father and sons go without getting too uh, romanticised, it just it's an unbelievable moment. Yeah, we still have to pinch ourselves over that as well. It's, uh, you know, we, we, we've always dreamt of it, but for it to actually come true and the way it worked out was just... Um, yeah, it's just crazy and uh, it still doesn't even feel real for me or dad at the moment. We still sit back and, and talk about it. You know, we've been able to share these experiences with our family now back here, um, sort of extended family. So, um, you know, it's been cool to relive that and, uh, you know, we've got a great support system around us and, yeah, just very grateful um, to be able to do that and, and very blessed. I hear they gave you a uh, dodgy Clive too. What's doing there? Yeah, they gave me one um, that had uh, Sydney engraved on it so they kind of took it back straight away and, Got it all sorted out, but I've got it back now, so it's, it's all good. Did you even realise? I had no idea. I, <laughs> no, I didn't think I was, you would. I was still pumped, yeah. I didn't care. I was like, just let me keep this one. But, um, yeah, they got it all sorted, so it's all sweet. That's unreal. Mate, uh, you mentioned, obviously, 2020, and I remember looking back at, at your season at the end, you know, at around Christmas time and looking back and going, fuck, this bloke, he lost four games of football this year. He didn't win a premiership. He didn't win a State of Origin Shield. You missed out on a Dally M by a B's dick. I, I just remember thinking it might be the most successful season without actually coming home with anything. And, I mean, you're under an absolute heap of scrutiny. And it's crazy to think that you can lose four games of football in a calendar year and be under as much pressure as you were. I mean, was, was there a, a bit of head noise around that off-season? What, what sort of a state were, were you in? To be honest, like, I was actually in a pretty good state. Uh, obviously, the way things went weren't the way I wanted it to. And, um, you know, I knew I had to go back and work harder and, and try and improve and get better to, to win those games. But, you know, I knew that I couldn't change those results. And, um, you know, just dwelling on that and, and whinging about it or being a victim was going to get me nowhere. So I knew I had to work hard to try and get better and improve. And, 
funny you mentioned that. This year has been so different to what last year was. Last year, um, leading into that final series, it felt like everything was going right. Everything was falling into place. Um, we are playing good footy. We didn't have any injuries. And then, yeah, we just didn't get it done on the big day, which is ultimately what you're judged on. Um, it's what you play the game for. So this year, you know, we, we had ups and downs in form. We had a lot of injuries. Um, but, yeah, we just found a way on the on the day to win it. And, you know, it's... Um, I guess that's history now. And obviously the Origin Series was, was a really good thing to be a part of this year too. Um, those first two games were, yeah, um, what a team. I was very lucky to be a part of that back line and forward back and the way they played my jo- made my job a lot easier. So, um, yeah, been very lucky this year. And um, looking back on it now, it's still, uh, still pretty crazy how it's gone. Looking in the rearview mirror once again, uh, obviously 2020 you climbed the mountain, you had to reclimb it this year. Was the injury after Origin maybe a little bit of a blessing in disguise for you that you just got to have a little bit of a break before the finals kicked off? Yeah, I think it wasn't the worst thing. Um, you know, it ends up being a, a pretty long year if you play a full Origin series and then go deep into the finals. So um, I think looking back on it now, you know, it probably wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the worst thing, especially because we had to move up to um, Queensland during that time as well. And, um, you know, it was just a bit different. So I got to sit back and reflect on how the year had gone so far and how we could get better, how I could get better. And, um, you know, that was more a mental sort of thing, not so much physically. So, yeah, it was kind of good. Um, you know, you never really want to get injured or deal with those things. But, um, you know, it was, it was yeah, um, looking back on it now, it was probably a, not a bad thing. Now, I'm not going to hide away from it. Um, I thought the week leading into the Melbourne Storm game, I, I remember sitting there with Isaac John in their studios and us talking about that game and, Honestly, we couldn't find a way that you boys would win that game of football. Um, I look back now and it, it just seems ridiculous. But I remember at the time, I didn't have a single conversation that week about you guys beating that side. I look back at your team that won in 91 and, you know, they, they had to beat the Canberra Raiders in the, in the grand final the second year. And I sort of looked at the Melbourne Storm as your sort of Canberra Raiders. What was your confidence sort of going into that game? To be honest, I think that was probably the most confident we'd been throughout the whole final series for that game. Um, you know, it was, it was weird, but we kind of liked being in the position where, you know, people were riding us off and were underdogs and, you know, we, we felt like we had nothing to lose. But we also felt like um, if we played the way we wanted to, we'd, you know, we'd be a red-hot crack to win. And, um, you know, that, that probably didn't involve playing the pretty footy that, um, you know, was what we were doing at the start of the year with, you know, the free-flying attack and stuff like that. It, just a different game in the finals and especially against a team like Melbourne we, we knew we had to play tough and save tries and um, you know we knew we'd find a couple in there somewhere and just have to defend well so um, you know it was a weird feeling but yeah I think throughout that week we were yeah quietly pretty confident and you know, I know we'll, well yeah we'd kind of been looking forward to that game since the grand final of the year before so um, yeah we knew we were going to have to beat them at some stage in the finals to be able to win one so um, yeah it came a week earlier than probably what most people thought but yeah, we felt um, pretty good about ourselves. And, um, you know, Melbourne Storm are a great side, but, you know, we knew it was going to be an absolute war and, and that it was. You mentioned that you were just going to find tries in that game. For me, I think one of the highlights of the season for me was you jumping into dummy half and putting a kick out to Stephen Crichton. And I noticed two or three plays before that, you gave him a bit of a look. He was on about the tram line and, and he sort of shifted out. Was that something that you guys had seen during the week? How did that one come about? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. 
So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And I was kind of held in the back pocket since oh, it was pretty early on in the year. I remember Teddy did it. So it's probably a fair bit of credit to go to um, Teddy on that one. He just did it at the end of a game and it came off. And, um, you know, dad told me about it the next day. Um, and he's like, did you see that last night? And I was like, yeah. He's like, I reckon we could do it. And we kind of just held it in the bank, didn't talk about it too much. And then uh, I think I started practicing it when I was out injured, just did a couple and thought, you know, we might need it. So we went down the track and um, it was kind of discussed. Uh, we versed them a couple of weeks before the, the semis and a few of us were out. And they were like, oh, should we do it this week? And we're like, no, no, we'll hold on to it. Um, we'll probably verse them again in a bigger game. And then, um, yeah, we, we filled around with it uh, the week before the Melbourne game, just how we're going to set it up and all that. And, yeah, just it just kind of all fell into place. Um, you know, I called it. It probably was a bit different. We were going to try to do it off the tap, but I think it was a turnover. We just ended up in the right spot, and um, you know, I put the call out, and then I, I got the dummy half. I looked up, and Foxy took a step in, and that's when I kind of knew it was on. So, yeah, the, the way that worked out was just yeah, it's pretty crazy. You never really um, you'd love to stay a place, always work like that, but yeah, especially in a, it's so early in a game. Um, a massive game against Melbourne who are notoriously great starters. It was, uh, it was a great way to start and I guess it was kind of a cheap way to break down their defence which is usually um, so stout. If it would have been on the left wing, would you would you have had the balls to do it as a right footer? No, we kind of always set it up that it was going to be on the yeah. right. So uh, just the way that Foxy defends and, and all that, um, you know, I always knew that I was going to be on to the right. Mate, uh, not a bad guy to kick the ball to just quietly, Stephen Crichton. Uh, one of the best in the air and I thought I thought he was the most underrated guy in your finals run by a country mile. There was literally a moment in every game that I thought if he wasn't in the position he was in, you don't win that game. There was a couple of tackles against Melbourne. There was the try we just mentioned. There was the intercept against Parramatta. And then, of course, the intercept in the grand final. Uh, A guy like him, I remember watching him play in reserve grade and sort of thinking he's just got something different about him. There's just things that he can do that others can't. How would you describe Stephen Crichton to me? Yeah, he was, he was the MVP of the finals for me. Um, you mentioned some of the plays you came up with were absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, he does a lot of good things with the ball. Um, I think his carries throughout the final series were amazing, especially coming out of yardage. But some of his defensive plays were, were unbelievable and they were what won us games. But, you know, the best way to describe him, he's just an athletic freak. And, you know, he's, he works so hard as well. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of people with that sort of talent that sort of, uh, could just rely on talent to get him through, but he's constantly working hard at his game, and you know he'll he'll tell you as well that um, that intercept he took in the grand final was uh, it was it was a lot of instinct, but he's actually practiced that so many times. So he's a massive asset to our team, and I thought the bigger the game got, the more he stood up, and um, yeah, he was incredible. Let's take take me back to that grand final week, twenty twenty one. Tell me what changed from Nathan Cleary in twenty twenty. Obviously, your first grand final. Uh, what did you learn from that first grand final week that you took into the second? I was just trying to um, stay present. I think that's probably the biggest motto I've tried to live by this year. Um, and, you know, probably the biggest regret I had out of uh, last year's grand final, not so much the week, but just the game itself. Um, you know, a few things didn't go right in that first half. And um, obviously the intercept being the most pinnacle one, but it wasn't so much the, the intercept I was disappointed with. It was the way I sort of um, reacted to it after it. And I was worried too much about that rather than, worrying uh, about each play at a time and trying to get back into the game. So I knew coming into this week, I wanted to just soak up the week and take it one day at a time. Um, I knew each training session was going to be important. 
and uh, yeah, each day was important. So I just wanted to yeah stay present um, and yeah try and do that in the in the grand final too. You know, no game's ever going to be perfect, so you can't um, you know if something doesn't go right, you know, if you make a mistake or anything like that, you, you can't dwell on that too much. You can't change it, and you know you just got to focus on what you can do next to um, bend the game. Obviously, uh, the Panthers, their defense during that final series, one of the hallmarks of it, your kicking game as well, uh, incredibly important. I started to notice more and more you doing those those bending sort of grubbers into the in goal, sort of aiming at the sticks. And it made me think back to a tape that I saw about two and a half years ago of you working on those kicks with Andrew Johns. You've probably done a million of these sessions, but it was a little bit of uh, content that the New South Wales Rugby League put out. And I sort of remember you practicing those and, and, you know, with all due respect, you weren't nailing them like you are now. Um, tell me about those sessions with Joey and the impact that that's had on you. It's been massive. Um, you know, those kind of sessions, I was, I was like almost more nervous for those than I was for a game because it was my idol, someone I've looked up to and, and watched my whole life. And now I'm doing one-on-one kicking with him. Like you, it's kind of a pinch yourself moment. And, um, you know, it's saying that I'm very grateful for that he's been able to help me and, he has played a massive, um, a massive role in me developing as a player. Um, he's constantly, you know, texting me and calling me and just giving me tips here and there. So I'm very grateful for him. And to be able to do something like that, like um, as a kid, I never would have, would have dreamt that or would have thought that would have been able to happen. And I've been very lucky um, with the people around me that have been able to help me and Joey's included in that. I was talking to Jackson Hastings the other day and he mentioned that a session he did with Joey and he said that he was the same. He, he, he was so nervous about it. Then he got there and he was trying to do his best and he wasn't really hitting the mark and Joey had his wallet, his phone in his pocket, sunglasses on, thongs on, and he was nailing everything, looking at him going, what's wrong with you? He just said it was the most frustrating thing in the world. Yeah, Joey's absolutely free like that. Whenever he gets the foot in his hand, he's always doing something crazy, so it's, uh, it's pretty hard to match sometimes. Mate, uh, tell me about the impact of James Maloney on you. Uh, obviously, a guy that, as you came into first grade and even before you came into grade, he just went from club to club, winning, winning, winning. Uh, I imagine you would have had a little bit to do with him when he was at the Warriors in the early days under your dad. Uh, tell me the impact that he had once he arrived at the Penrith Panthers. I can't um, you know, speak highly enough for what Jimmy was like for me, and uh, not only me, but also probably Jerome and the rest of the young guys in the group. Um, it's was, it was a pretty crazy story. Like, I looked up to Jimmy when he was at the Warriors. Um, you know, I'd go into training and watch them train and obviously support them pretty hard when I was a young fella. So then to be able to re, be uh, reunited with him, actually playing alongside him, was um, that's another crazy moment for me. Like, all these things, when you sort of look back on them and put it in perspective, it's just like, how has this even happened? Um, and again, um, very grateful that I got to learn off him. Uh, probably one regret I have is not being more successful um, with him. But, uh, you know, we are lucky enough to win two uh, Origin Series together. And, you know, for the Panthers, I think it was more so just his mentorship. And he sort of put us in a position um, and to kind of, I guess, build and, and become a club that was more successful and could win games. Because, you know, when you look at Jimmy, you just know that he's a winner. Um, just the stuff he does on the field, is it's always for the best of the team and, and to win. So, um, you know, we learned a lot of him. Um, and also, and yeah, forever um, grateful for what he's done for me. And, you know, he was super um, just good with the young guys too. Like he wanted everyone to just succeed and get better. And he was always, um, yeah, very helpful. So, yeah, it's, it's been great to uh, see Jimmy go over there. And, you know, it would have been nice to see him win, win the grand final. But again, you know, it just shows his, uh, I guess, his influence on people around him to, um, you know, create a successful club. Mate, you mentioned the influence that he had on yourself and Jerome. Uh, 
I think we all know the storyline of yourself and Jerome coming through the juniors and whatnot. I want to know about the impact that Appy Curacao's had on you because, you know, I, I still remember two years ago when he signed with the Bulldogs and then the next morning it broke that he was going to the Penrith Panthers. And I, I remember posting on Instagram that this could be, you know, the missing jigsaw piece for the Penrith Panthers. And, you know, I didn't even overly believe it as much as how it's come true. He has just been incredible for the club. But I think more importantly for, for you, tell me about Appy. Yeah, I still see Appy as someone that's super underrated as a player. Um, not only that, but as a leader as well. Um, an on-field leader, he's just yeah, he's very inspirational. Uh, he's probably one of the toughest guys I've ever played with. Um, he just just the work he gets through and how um, he plays through injuries and stuff like that. It's you just want to play well with him because you know you know that he's um, putting his best foot forward every week. And you know he's super crafty, but um, he's also he's not a player that. Um, needs to be in the spotlight or feels like he needs to be in the spotlight. He's constantly doing things for other people. And that's what everyone loves about Uppy. Um, I know he's very highly valued amongst our team and, you know, everyone absolutely loves him. So, um, you know, I think he's been a massive influence for me. Also, just the way he controls the forwards and, and his leadership on the field. But then, um, you know, he gets me the ball when I need it. And, yeah, I've absolutely loved playing with him. And um, I think he's an absolute beast. Uh, another guy that's had a big influence on, on your rise over the last few years is Isaiah Yo. Uh, if you would have said to me five years ago he'd be playing for the Kangaroos, I wouldn't be able to guess what position it would have been. It would have been either second row, centre. I wouldn't have guessed as a 13. The the improvement in his skill set has been unbelievable to think that now I have him as the best 13 in our game right now. How important is he to your game? Yeah, he's, uh, he's unbelievable for my game. Um, you know, I think he helps me so much and he kind of, um, I guess, unlocks me to the rest of the team. He's usually the link man and as you say, you know, he was, um, he, he was a great player when he first came in the first grade, but he couldn't kind of nail down a spot and move into the middle has been, um, you know, an absolute godsend for him. He's, he's taken it to the next level. And again, you know, I think he's underrated as a player until you actually get to play with him and realise what he does and, and how smart he is footy-wise. Um, me and him are constantly bouncing off each other about what we should be doing and, and whatnot. And, you know, he's, yeah, his ball playing is unbelievable. But not only that, he can then show the ball and come off both feet and, um, yeah, I just think he's a he's a great player and, um, you know, he's probably the most important uh, player in our team most weeks. I'd answer my next question, but gun to your head, no fence sitting here. you got to pick Appy or Yo to play with for the rest of your career. Which one are you taking? Jeez. You can't do that to me. Um, oh, I don't know. I'll probably say... I'll tell the other, Yo-y. don't worry. Yo? I'd probably say Yo-y. Yeah. yeah. I do love Appy, though. No, that's sort of what I was expecting, but I'm glad you actually answered. That's good. Um, Now, mate, obviously you are the son of the coach. There's been a lot of shit thrown around as far as that goes. I I remember uh, when you you did win the premiership, people saying, oh, he's only the captain because he's the coach's son. I just sat there and went, fuck, the kid's lost a handful of games in two years. (laughs) Like, uh, how do you sort of, is it just a matter of blocking all that sort of stuff out for you? Yeah, it is. And, you know, that's saying that I've had to work hard at as well. Um, you know, probably when I first came into first grade, I wasn't real good at, um, I guess, dealing with all that sort of added uh, criticism and stuff people were saying. And, um, you know, I probably read every comment on social media and whatnot. And now I've kind of, um, you know, refined back from that. I think I'm in a much better place mentally. And, you know, you, you sort of learn who to listen to and who to take advice from and, um, you know, who's got, who's there to help you get better, not just sort of, try and drag you down so um, you know I'm very lucky with the people I've got around me and 
uh, it makes it easier for me to sort of block out um, those people that have other stuff to say. I mentioned earlier that halfbacks, when they win premierships, it's more of a relief feeling. Uh, you've done it with oh, potentially 10 or 12 years still left in your career. What's the outlook now? Do, do you look at football a little bit differently now that you've got that monkey on the back? Do you feel like you, there, there's a bit more freedom to your game? Not really. You know, it, it's obviously nice to win one, um, you know, at a young age and, and all that. But, um, you know, I'm just prepared to keep getting better. And, you know, I don't think really, I really see an end game for me. Um, you know, I'm, again, I just want to um, stay present in the moment, uh, enjoy each moment and, and try and get better and improve each day. And, you know, that's the drive for me and the rest of the group is, um, you know, we're probably not content with where we're at. We know there's uh, still a long way to go uh, for us as players, but also as a group. And, you know, it's a special thing to be a part of. And, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of motivation there to, to keep moving forward. Now, mate, before we get into this dream team that you've picked, one hell of a side too, just quietly, um, I've got a lot of super coaches asking me, which round will you be returning? Do you have any idea at the moment what it looks like, a ballpark for us? Uh, ballpark's probably around one to three at the moment. Um, obviously aiming for round one, but I uh, definitely won't be pushing it. Um, just, you know, I don't think there's any rush to be back. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it would just be mentally if I'm confident in my shoulder. Um, you know, I want to be 100% by the time I get back. So uh, aiming for round one, but yeah, probably around one to three at the moment. Brilliant. Mate, let's dive into this team you've picked. Tune in tomorrow at 5.30pm to hear Nathan Cleary's full dream team. As I said at the start, it is a cracking site with a couple of really interesting picks that personally, they gave me a bit of movement. Promise you'll enjoy this one tomorrow, 5.30. Stay tuned for Nathan Cleary's dream team. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.